0: is going on everybody welcome to episode 54 of so i've been told my name is adam kramer and i'm i'm back it's been a long time since i've released a podcast and i i feel a little weird i don't really know what i'm doing but uh yeah i, I got married back in april to my lovely wife andrea and we also adopted a puppy uh, his name is Cesaro, yes, he is named after the wrestler, and he is also great, but very crazy and has prevented me from really being able to focus on doing much podcasting, but I am back and I am going to keep doing it because I've got, you know, cool people to talk to and then going to share those conversations with you. So, anyway, I am back. I've been, you know, busy chasing the puppy and working and spending time with the wife. Um, I do want to say I have a new band. Some, if you guys know me, you guys have been hearing some, uh, some things about that. And hopefully over the next, uh, month or so, I'll be able to, uh, bring any of you that are listening some more information regarding that. But, uh, yeah, things are good and I am, uh pretty pretty stoked on a lot of things in life right now and uh, you know but this isn't about me it is about the guests and the guest on this episode is Travis from day graves now I didn't know Travis I found the day graves EP on bandcamp and thought it was great uh, he and I connected on Instagram and here we are so uh, really enjoyed getting to know Travis a little bit uh make sure you check out the uh tunes he's putting out but uh so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna play a track by Graves called O Gates and then you can hear Travis and I have our conversation so anyway thanks for uh, listening Yeah, so this should be fun because I know really next to nothing about you. Um, I don't nice. even remember how I came across Day Graves, um, but I came across it and I thought it was real cool. So, and then we, you know, kind of connected on Instagram. So, um, it I'd love to just kind of hear your, you know, kind of musical history and also where where are you located? I know you're not in the Eastern Time Zone.
1: No, man, I'm in Austin right now. Okay. So I've been here for five years. Um, I love it, man. I was like born in Texas. Okay. I don't want to leave now. Yeah, you know what I mean. But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna head out. I live in the I live in downtown Austin. I'm
2: gonna oh, okay. be to
1: the Suburbs like a like a grown up pretty soon. <laughs> but other than that, this is where I am. Nice. But you're in You're in Rochester, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I learned today that that's where Davey Havoc was born.
0: Yeah, I I've heard that he has connections here. I didn't grow up here. Like I've I've been here for it'll be like like ten and a half years. So I've been here okay. for a long time. But like I grew up in Central Pennsylvania, and okay, then yeah. um, my best friend from high school went to college up here, and just kind of followed him a little while later, and became friends with all his friends, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: and this has been home.
1: Yeah. Man, 10 years is, is a whole minute. I know, as crazy. Uh, that's your home at this point, you
0: know? Yeah. So I guess we'll just, I mean, we'll just jump on because, I mean, we could just BS for whatever. But, well, I've, I started recording. I cut out all of the, you know, all of the preliminary stuff. But, uh, yeah. so what's what's kind of your, your history with getting into music and specifically underground music? Um, I, and, you know, for the sake of this podcast, I know you're like probably more of a metal dude because you make black, you know, black metal, um, but okay, yeah, um, but Can I, but I, you know, I, I basically call anything that's kind of underground, kind of DIY, spirited. Yeah, I refer to it all as punk because to me it's all, sure. it all follows, falls under that umbrella. So what what's kind of you know what was your introduction to, um, to underground DIY music, yeah. um, and what were you into before you found that also?
1: Well, my my kind of intro was I was like 14 or 15 and I was I'm like a kid I'm like a 90s kid you know so I I was like into like smashing pumpkins like white zombie like all like nine inch nails like all that stuff that MTV like really pushed on you yeah and I got this I started dating this girl I went to her house she had like one of those cool older brothers who like skateboarded and went to art college you know and um he was giving me like the third degree like what do you listen to I told him He was not into it. And so, you know, so he, like, went into his bedroom. He gave me some of his trash mixtapes. And was like, here, just take these. Yeah. You know? And I was like, all right, awesome, cool, yeah. Um, I'm going to, like, learn what older kids listen to or whatever. And so I just brought it home. I put it in. And, man, honestly, I kind of hated it at first. Because I was so used to a certain thing, you know? But it was all, like, um, just stuff from that era that was, like, super indie. It was, like, Fugazi, Stebado, Nice. And then some, like, um, Portishead, Hooverphonic, like, that kind of trip-hoppy. Yeah. A lot of things. Um, I'm trying to remember, like, Dinosaur Jr. Just all all of that. And and I just kept listening to it because I felt like this is what cool kids listen to. Yeah. (laughs) After, like, the second or third time through, it kind of, like, clicked with me.
2: Yeah. They're
1: like, not only is this music, like, not supposed to sound loud and aggressive and angry and perfect production wise but like there are en- entire people groups out there that I just don't know anything about yeah they have a, they have a culture that I don't understand you know and that started this kind of like weird love affair that I have with like um, the way that music genres break down yeah and like the cultures that kind of like follow those yeah you know so um so from there, man, I just like fell in love with like really like the emo side of like punk stuff and like the host nice. hardcore type stuff. Like, once I discovered at the drive in, like my life was over. All I wanted to do was be loud and break everything.
0: Yeah. Dude, I, yeah, the first time I heard yeah. at the drive in, it was like um, mind blowing. That's how I got started, in there. Oh, sorry. You, you lagged for a second, but I was just saying like at the drive in was like mind blowing to me when I heard it as like a 16 year old.
1: Yeah. Was... yeah man it was wild like they just i saw like the one arm scissor video yeah and they were just going completely bonkers they destroyed everything they sounded wild and i was like this is that's cool like that's what i want to do you know yeah and so um from there like started post-hardcore bands and got into to that whole whole world you know but until yeah. i discovered Uh, pitchfork indie college stuff for a (laughs) few years and i got trapped there for a while but that's okay (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. uh so you know what kind of brought you to you know the you know kind of black you know unblack however you want to classify what you do um you know what kind of brought you to like black metal black metal stylistically from kind of the the more post hardcore stuff
1: yeah i um you know, I had a cubicle job for a while, and I started listening to a ton of post-rock mm, because nice. it was really easy for me to just, like, to work and to, like, get into it and do all that. But after a few years, that stuff just kind of all started to sound like too much of the same thing. Yeah. You know? And, and I like it in theory, but I just really wanted, like, some aggression. Yeah. I just really wanted some attitude in it. And so I just kept looking for the heaviest post-rock I could and that led me into this whole like black gaze like post metal yeah. kind of situation and i learned the more that i listened to the bands that leaned toward the black metal side that they had like a real punk attitude about everything yeah you know they they the lo-fi recording is like a huge deal with them like the um, they have like an appreciation for like one man get it done on your own kind of a thing there's like no real rock stars yeah you know besides the people who killed everybody but that's a whole other story (laughs) you know what i mean yeah there's like a real like diy attitude in that that i don't see in a lot of other genres anymore and so really this the same kind of like um love that i like found whenever i like had those mixtapes where these people were just like doing things on their own like getting it done whatever they want to do i like find that the most in like black metal and all of these black metal subgenres. It seems like they are the people who stick the closest to that as far as I can tell.
0: Yeah. How, how long ago was that that you kind of, you know, discovered your, your appreciation for, for like the black metal, you know, type stuff. I started,
1: I started dipping in about, I don't know, four or five years ago.
0: Okay. So was, uh, was like death heaven, a band that was like a gateway for you. Um,
1: They weren't, you know, I didn't, the, the band who like walked me in was, um, Alcest.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: And then I got, there's like, there's that whole community of people around him. Right. There's like Lantlos and like, um, there's this band called, um, Liam Hmm. and it's, they just have like two records. I can't find them on Spotify, but they're in that group and they're super good. They're like, they're on the post rock side of things. So I kind of dipped into that, and then from there I branched out. And of course, like Death Heaven's part of that yeah.
0: That's and that's why I asked, just because it you know seemed like the timeline was like, like it seemed like a lot of people came into that genre around then because of you know being aware of them. And you know, people can call them, you know, I totally get it. You know, calling them hipster black metal or whatever. But you know, honestly, they were kind of a gateway for me to get a little bit more into the genre. Um, I, you know, oddly enough, my, like, the first time I really heard black metal and really, like, was, like, this is awesome, I was at a party with a bunch of metal, like, I have a bunch of friends that are, like, way more into metal than I am,
2: Yeah.
0: and I was, like, yo, what is this, and the dude was, like, oh, this is Burzum, and then I was, like, then I, like, looked up, <laughs> looked up, like, all of the stuff about Burzum and felt real shitty about the fact that yeah, I, yeah. that I enjoyed that so much. And that kind of held me back for a little while. And then,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, Death Heaven was kind of a, a, an easy step back in for me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Death Heaven is like, I know they get like a lot of, like a lot of people talk trash on them or whatever, yeah. but every scene needs a band like Death Heaven. Yeah. To kind of like walk people in and to, to, um, just as, like, a, to get their palette right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that they can accept the the deeper stuff, you know? And Death Heaven's a great band. I have no problem with them. Yeah. I think they're great. I was listening to them earlier, today. Yes. They're
0: good. Yeah, I, I also, like, I I really dig what they do, and I just, you know, a lot of people give them a lot of crap, but, uh, you know, I and it's just, like, there's, there's plenty to criticize about, you know, bands like Green Day or whatever, but, like, those are the bands that, like, were a gateway for me into... Like all like underground like punk rock stuff. So
1: yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. So like um, you know, you know, you label what you do as as unblack metal. So did you yeah. grow up in the church? Um, what's kind of your your background with with faith stuff? And I know that's you know it's sure. it's, it's complicated with uh, you know it's a, it's an interesting community because it seems like there's a lot of uh, a lot of hatred from people that. Uh, aren't believers about you know what you know what people can do and call black metal
1: that's that's true well i i as a child my parents brought me to church Mm um i was never like one of those like youth group kids you know i didn't really get church you know and whenever i was a teenager like really really young teenager, I like stopped going and stopped going and would go occasionally. And on one of those times I occasionally went, I apparently didn't behave the way I was supposed to. I don't really remember what happened there, but it started a whole argument between my youth pastor and my mom, and my mom was like, you never have to go back to this church ever again. Oh, wow. And so I didn't. Yeah. And so um, I didn't become a Christian until I was in my mid-twenties. Oh, wow. um, I had the very short version of, of that is I had a buddy who um, went to jail for three months and yeah. while he was in jail he read his Bible a lot <laughs> and came out and was like listen here's what we're going to do um, you're all going to come to my house on Wednesday we're going to write down a long list of questions that we need the Bible to answer for us we need to know clearly what it says yeah. and at the end of this if we just decide that it's garbage it's just garbage we'll just keep partying whatever but like let's let's get down this list Yeah. and so we did that and it slowly turned into an actual Bible study, and a lot of us got saved through that. Yeah. So, um, I like didn't get saved in a church. I didn't do any of that. It took me a long time after becoming a Christian to on going to a church. Yeah, um, and I'm kind of I'm really grateful for that man. There's there's a lot of uh, I feel like. A lot of people get raised within a certain culture, and they have to unlearn that later. <laughs> and I don't, I don't have that. I know that there's, um, I don't know, you know, the deconstruction thing has been happening forever. Yeah. I have nothing to deconstruct.
0: Yeah, you know? that's, that's super so interesting. I'm like,
1: really grateful for for all of that.
0: Yeah, because I mean, I I definitely did have, uh, you know, I did have the like grew up in church, parents were involved in everything, and yeah. you know, I I still identify as a Christian. I definitely don't I, identify as a uh, evangelical, but you know, this isn't about, it's not about me, but I think your story is like, your story is so interesting and cool because it's like, um, you know, I I feel like you don't hear a lot of people like about a lot of people coming to faith in their mid twenties. Um, or I guess they do, but I I don't know. Like I, I, you get so used to when you grow up in the kind of evangelical culture kind of hearing, like, oh, yeah, this is just, like, I had a moment when I was a teenager when I committed to this, and this is who I am now. Yeah. Um, so, that yeah, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I um, there definitely are advantages, I would feel like, to growing up in that culture. Since mm-hmm. I've re-entered it, I've realized there's a lot of things I don't understand about it. Yeah. And it's just every culture has their own language, you know what I mean? Every culture has their own rituals and foods and everything, and I don't really understand that still mm-hmm. sometimes. But, um, overall, man, I'm just really glad. And honestly, I'm glad that that, like I got saved, just like reading the Bible. Yeah, yeah, because <clears throat> um I didn't get I didn't get tricked by another person in it. I didn't get emotionally manipulated into it. And the things that I believe, um I feel like the things that I believe that I want other people to unlearn are <laughs> things that I can at least have a scriptural argument for. yeah, and I don't I don't know that everybody has that all the time. Yeah, but, you know.
0: Yeah, no, that's what, that's that's really a really interesting uh, kind of unique story. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, before you become a Christian, did you have any kind of interaction with um, or knowledge of the kind of whole subculture? Well, I'm sure you had a, you know, you know the you know there are huge bands that from the kind of Christian subculture. But sure. you know, what was your kind of relationship to that that world pre? Um, you know, pre getting getting saved. Yeah,
1: I um I knew a little bit about it because that right before I got saved was that time period where all the hardcore shows were happening at churches, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and so occasionally, like, um, I would go to one go to some church to see a hardcore show or whatever.
2: Yeah,
1: and I had a lot of friends that were in that culture, so um like I knew I knew about Starfire Fifty Nine. I knew that he made that there were some great records there. Yeah. I knew about me without you, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I was really, in, I was actually really into Esther Durang. Do you remember mm. them?
0: I know the name, and I think I, I may have seen them at like Purple Door Festival in Pennsylvania,
1: no
2: like okay. a long time they, ago. They
1: came out with this record called Infinite Keys that I liked mm. a lot when I, before I was a Christian, and so I was kind of like it was around. Yeah, but I never uh, understood it as a Christian thing, like because even yeah. all of those bands like. Starflyer is not evangelizing to me. No, and I no. would never know that he was a Christian if I didn't, wasn't told. Yeah. And Me Without You is so. Uh, I mean, he's definitely like throwing scripture out at you occasionally, yeah. but it's always a question of what he's actually saying. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean?
2: Yeah. Um, me Without
0: You is my favorite band. So. Um, are they really? Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, man. I heard uh, AB Life and I was like, I remember listening to it for the first time and be like, yeah, this is cool. This is cool. And then that song where he's like, uh, uh, I'm coming back. I'm gonna, and you better be alone. Yeah. Like, uh, what song is that? I can't remember. Uh, um, gentleman. The Gentleman. I heard yeah. The Gentleman. I was like, oh, I get it now. Okay, yeah. I'm into this. Um, yeah, man. But, but during that time period, I was really into just like um, the other side of indie stuff. Like I was yeah. doing like the Elliott Smith like Broken Social Scene kind of a thing more than anything else at that point. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so, you, you know, did you you know did you kind of so when you you know you got saved and then much later you got into black metal so did you kind yeah. of do a you know a, a deeper dive as far as kind of you know just kind of looking at the history of like of christians playing black metal
1: i i didn't do a lot of that until very recently mm. because i got i got i got saved and i thought okay well i guess i'm gonna like uh I guess I'm saved now. So I'm not going to like do drugs or sleep with girls. I guess that means I might as well not be in a band. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I don't know <laughs> that was kind of like my logic for a while. <laughs> um, and so I like my, I was in a rock band at the time and that kind of fell apart at the same time. And I just didn't pursue anything else. I like stopped having sex with my girlfriend. I stopped like doing, um, stopped like doing drugs or whatever. And I just thought, I'm just going to live this life because I got, I got same to all those kids, but we were also like roommates. Mm-hmm. So we were just like hanging out all the time. We were, we were um, you know, figuring that whole life out. We were doing wild stuff, man. We were like sharing our money because that's what the Bible told us yeah. to do. You know what I mean? And so we were, we were like doing that kind of a thing and just figuring out how to live. And so writing songs and stuff or being in a band didn't seem like something that needed to be done. Yeah. But occasionally I would get like an idea. I had a computer so I'd be like okay well I'll just record it real fast and then if I need it in the future I'll have it Yeah, you know and so that's how I got started like really getting into like home recording and stuff Yeah, but I didn't get I didn't look into any of the black metal stuff man until way later way later yeah. until I like found it um, I don't know four or five years ago and I started becoming more interested in that kind of a thing and feeling like more freedom to like actually explore it you know
0: yeah, um, you know, because I know, like, uh, what's the I can't remember the name of the guy, the guy from, uh, Horde. Um, yeah, yeah. Was it, is his name Jason? I can't remember. Um, you know, I know he had like encountered a lot of. That dude's got some real crazy stories from his, you know, interactions with with, uh, you know the, you know not on black, you know actual black metal. Yeah, but, totally. Well, I I don't. I don't. I don't mean that. Like saying, like. I don't know. To me it's just a it's just a genre title, but like how they look at it is that it is.
1: It's true, but it is kind of weird cuz that this is the one genre of music besides CCM and worship music that like got started with like a certain yeah, philosophy and with a certain faith in it. So in a weird way, it would almost be like if some black metal dude came over and was like, "Cool, I make like Hillsong music now."
0: But then it would just sound like you too, but, but yeah.
1: I mean, in a weird way, it's kind of like I don't know. Yeah. But I've been I've been fortunate enough to where um, very few people outside of the Christian world have heard it yet. I have mm-hmm. gotten, I have gotten into um, a little bit of, of the situations on the internet with people who are not Christians. Yeah. Who don't like it, but it's not it's not a
0: lot. Yeah, because I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm kind of at a place where I'm, you know, very like deconstructed and i don't listen to a lot of like a ton of music that is faith-based well i mean i I, i'm lying i totally still listen to a lot of the bands i grew up listening to but like as far as new stuff um you know i don't make those make the decisions of what i listen to based on um you know the faith of the artist that i'm looking that i'm
1: yeah but i don't either yeah so
0: it's you know it's it's just interesting because it's such a Like people draw such interesting lines when it comes to um, this genre.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird, and I didn't go in there. I didn't I didn't start this whole thing with like a a, an evangelistic agenda. Yeah. You know You know what I mean. I just made this music, and um, I don't have a lot going on, man. I have like my wife and my kid and my faith. Yeah. And other than that I'm pretty much only thinking about like what I'm gonna eat for dinner and so yeah. if I'm gonna like write songs about stuff it might as well be about the most important thing to me yeah which you know? and, and I think that's
0: yeah and I think that's you know that's honestly always you know in all in all cases that's you know yeah. the best art is people just writing about you know what they believe and what they live so yeah that's that's rad um, so day graves has always just been a, a solo project.
1: Yeah, it's always been me, and um, it's it started on accident. Like I didn't really expect it to be a real project because I have I have a different project called Medical Morning, mm. and it's um it's like more on the guys side of things.
2: Okay,
1: you know, and I put that out. The EP was like it did fine or whatever, and I wanted to rush and make another one during isolation, while yeah. I had time, but I kept making stuff that I just like was not happy with. Mm. And um, for me, I found that when it comes to tech writer's block, the easiest trick to get out of it is just to like lower your standards and make something different. Yeah. And then come back. And so I thought, okay, I listen to all this other music that I've never explored, so I'll just make an EP real fast. Yeah. With that, and then I'll come back to this. And so I went out. I made what eventually became the the Day Graves EP. I put it on Bandcamp, and I thought okay, that's cool. Um, I'm just gonna forget about it. And then next week I'll start making medical morning stuff again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But, um, after I posted on Bandcamp, like people found it. Yeah. And then it got put up in some Facebook groups and then it got put up in this other spot. And then I was like watching the numbers and I was like shocked that anybody would listen to it. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? Um, and that product and day graves has become way more, um, uh, fun to to engage with than medical morning at this point and so it looks like that's what we're doing right now
0: yeah so did you you started this you started day graves like like after the pandemic had, had started yeah was, oh wow yeah.
1: okay it, 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 it had been in my brain as something fun to do but i just never did it because yeah. i was trying to do all this other stuff and then once i couldn't leave my house i mean when when the pandemic happened not only like was I not supposed to go anywhere but like I couldn't go anywhere I like got physically sick with something else yeah so I was just stuck at home Oh wow. and so I just thought okay I'll just, I'll just do this it took me like not a lot of time because I didn't think anybody was I was gonna show anybody yeah I didn't think anybody was gonna hear it and so I just just took me a few weeks and I just put it up and now I, now I listen back on it and I'm like oh I should have worked harder on this part you know <laughs> <what I mean? laughs>
0: Yeah. So, do you think that uh, at some point you you know put together uh, you know you know a way to do a live show, whether it be with you know with other members or or other you know musicians?
1: Um, if If it were necessary, then that would be fun. Yeah. You know, um, I think that this is one of the first projects I've been in in a long time that I can imagine it being a good time actually performing. Yeah. Uh, you know I've been in. I've been in a lot of bands that I liked, but being in a being in a post rock band, like where I play like the same four chords for eight minutes, <laughs> doesn't sound like a fun thing to, to do for for a bunch of people. But like playing in in this like metal band sounds like it could be fun. Yeah. You know, there's I don't know that there's if that's not even possible at the moment. But yeah. Imagining it sounds like a good time.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm you know I'm just always like thinking about live shows, especially now as things are, you know. Yeah. Starting yeah, I mean, to, you know, there's there's some hope of there being live shows by the fall. Um,
1: that would be great. Well, I I don't know exactly what the story is, but Texas is trying to open up real fast, and Austin is working on that because, I mean, we've had two years in a row of like, I mean, of like no ACL, like no South by. Yeah. And that's like where all of our money comes from. Yeah, so yeah, gonna, I believe what it. We're gonna do if we don't get this opened up soon.
0: Yeah yeah i'm uh you know i've been seeing all these posts about uh uh what's that fest furnace fest
1: yeah and
0: uh yeah. you know i'm you know trying to figure saw... out if...
1: good
0: i was just gonna say i'm trying to figure out if there's there's gonna be any way that i can get to alabama and also like it's so it's so strange because it's like it's hopefully it's gonna happen but yeah the world is so nuts right now
1: man that lineup for furnace Fest looks really good actually
0: yeah yeah it's it's ridiculous I'm, pr- I'm
1: pretty impressed by it
0: yeah um so hopefully hopefully i can get there but we'll see what happens um and so you know have most of the other bands you've played in been kind of like you know all kind of indie rock or this is this is like the first like heavy bands you've done
1: um when i was in, like 18 or 19 i was in, like a post post oh yeah yeah or whatever and honestly that's what i want shows to feel like mm. like whenever i play um I don't know it was was like the height of like Thursday yep and like every time I die and like it was fun to like go into a show and think you might get hurt yeah you know (laughs) Um, and so I know I'm much older now but that still is like what I imagine when I think about playing a show oh yeah if it might feel like that then I I might do it again yeah uh, I don't want to I don't want people to stand with their arms crossed. That's why they watch me play. So we'll yeah, see,
0: you know what I mean? yeah. So, so was uh was Austin? Where did you grow up there in Austin or somewhere else in Texas?
1: No, man. I grew up in like the swamp of Texas. Okay. So, if you like look at the Texas Louisiana border and go as south as possible, that's where I'm from. Okay. Um, so I grew up there, and in fact, once I got older, I said I was never gonna live live in Austin. Because all of my friends would grow up, they'd like go to college, and then they'd never come home, and they would turn into like, uh, like snobby, like I'm from Austin type people. Yeah, you know.
2: But you
1: know, here I am. Yeah, I'm one of those people now.
0: Yeah, nice. What, what brought you there?
1: Yeah. Uh, what brought me here? Yeah. Um, well, eventually, my brothers became those people who came to college okay. here, um, and then my mom moved here because my brothers were here. And that, um, at that point I lived in North Carolina Okay. and I just was like, North, like, I just needed to leave North Carolina. That's pretty much all it is. It's just, <laughs> it wasn't for me. Um,
0: yeah. What, what city? You
1: know, I lived in New Bern. Oh, okay. Do you know where that is by any chance? No it's idea. super small. <laughs> it was, I mean, it's like not a bad place to be. It's like really small. It's like really chill. There's like, it's relaxing, you know? Yeah. Um I just like it just wasn't where I needed to be at that point. And so me and my wife uh we just like prayed about it and we we're like, "All right, here's what we're going to do." Um she's got she applied for a job in California, and we decided if she didn't get it, that we would move down here and kind of be close to my family.
2: Yeah.
0: Um and she didn't get it. So we're here. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. So what is your uh, you know, what's your I'm always curious about people's like you know actual jobs. I mean, I, I have them on here, and we talk about the music. But what, you yeah. know, what do you do to pay the pay the bills?
1: I um, my wife and I work together, and we have um, an online business that has two arms. And one of them is we build websites for uh, authors, influencers, um, people like that. Yeah. Um, and the other arm is that we have a web building platform. It's a little bit like uh, like Wix. Um, that kind of a thing yeah only we like focus focus on like hyper niche like we focus on like girls who like want to become designers and like travel the world and like kind of like take the reins of their own life yeah um and so my day-to-day looks like i wake up at about nine and then i walk across the hallway into my office (laughs) where we are right now and um Help, help all the girls out on the platform who if they have questions like hey I'm trying to make my website do this how do I do that then yeah. I email them back with instructions on how to do it so I'm helping these girls like learn how to build websites essentially nice. on this platform that we have
0: yeah so so the work was the working from home thing just that was already like your life before this
1: yeah 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 we got really lucky I I um, started doing this about three years ago and so we're when the pandemic happened that didn't change for us yeah like our work i still woke up and
2: yeah
0: so your so your wife must have been pregnant during the pandemic that must have been uh yes.
1: terrifying interesting <laughs> it was it was interesting man uh that that first month where they were like we're all gonna bunker down you know is is the the month that we realized she was pregnant I had I had gone into the hospital for some stuff, and we were in the middle of trying to purchase a house, which we're still in the middle of doing the oh, wow. whole thing. Um, and then we got that whole thing, so it was wild for a minute for us. Yeah. Um, not that it wasn't for everybody else, but <laughs> uh, all you could really do is like put your head down and move forward. But now we have this like little girl, and she's the best.
2: Yeah,
1: awesome. And it looks like we're actually going to have a house in a few months, which is great. Awesome. And so it's good man it's all good
0: yeah were you pretty involved in the in the austin scene um you know when there was a when there was a scene um was medical morning did you did you play out with that project at all
1: no i have not done much of anything since we've been here okay as far as like playing out yeah um i just haven't had just haven't had the opportunity to do it um because Medical Morning's not even that old either. Okay. Medical Morning's like maybe I don't know when I came out with that record, but it's not really that old. So it took us a while to i like get settled here, man. It's like yeah. such a big place, and then you know it's hard to like find friends when you don't have a job to go to and you don't go to school. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it took us a minute to to get sorted out, but we eventually landed at a good church, which has been really helpful. Um, and we've met we've met other friends from, from other avenues but but also man when your when your two projects are a um shoegazy like project that leans towards the post rock and then a black metal um <laughs> project it's hard to find church people yeah. who like get it and want to be in your band yeah you know
0: yeah that's, that's yeah I, I totally get that um yeah that's uh, oh, I'm trying to think. I had a question for you, and then I just lost it. Oh, the the split with within thy wounds. How did the, and is that the right? Yeah. Within thy wounds is that yeah. okay? I, yeah. I keep on wanting to say wear your wounds, which is. I think that's I think that's a Jake Bannon project from Converge, but uh, or oh, maybe it's right. or maybe it's the guy from, it's or maybe it's the Touche Amore guy. I don't remember. It's somebody connected with Deathwish, but anyway um so how, how did how did that that come together uh, for that split
1: well man I um before I even started day graves I was like really into within that weapons mm-hmm. um I just think he's making like really great like kind of atmospheric black metal yeah kind of stuff and so I was I was I was digging it and um and then I put out a thing to my band camp. I don't know if the, what Bandcamp calls them, if they're fans or followers or whatever. Yeah. Um, after my EP came out and I was like, look, I've got, I've got a handful of like songs that I'm about to wrap up. Um, would you rather me just like release them as an EP or do you want me to hold on to them for a full length? And one person was like, you should release them as a split with within that words. And I thought I'm going to do that. So I just <laughs> sent him an Instagram message and I was like, Hey, um, this guy um suggested this and i think it's a great idea yeah um and he he got back to me and was like oh i know exactly who you're talking about which is funny um <laughs> and he was like that he's like that is a good idea let's do it and that was pretty much it and so we came up with a time i think he we scheduled we're like okay because he didn't have any songs mm-hmm. and so he was like i can i can have them to you in like a month or two or whatever and that's like great and then I just yeah. kind of trusted that his songs would be great. And he just kind of trusted that mine would be good. Um, and then I think the day that we put it out, I ended up calling him on the phone. I hadn't talked to him until then. Yeah. Um, we just talked, we talked, we figured out how to work it out on both of our band camps and like what the actual plan was for all that. But that guy is so nice. It's crazy. <laughs> He's the best. Yeah. And in fact, like I, I uh, messaged him on Instagram so much that I, Probably am annoying him. Probably need to quit talking to him for a few days. And, and what's what's that guy's name? I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you.
0: Oh, okay, that's that's totally cool. I like.
1: <laughs> like I said, I honest, didn't know. I don't know that I really know what his name is. Whenever I asked him what to call him, he gave me two initials, <laughs> and I don't even know if that's what he goes by in real life or not. And so
0: I love like, that so much. <laughs> that's so, that's so cool.
1: I, uh, yeah, I don't know that I could keep that going for as long as he has, but yeah. he's, uh, he's much better, but he's also, you know, much more from what I can tell, just like active in his real life. Like I'm, I'm on my phone more than I should be. And that guy's out, you know, he like has like a whole life. Yeah. Like has a job and like a girlfriend, and like friends, Yeah, yeah. you know, and so he's, he's like living that kind of life instead, you know? So good for him.
0: Yeah. And did you guys do any, any, uh, physical release of of that or any physical release of of uh any of the stuff that you've done so far as day graves
1: we haven't done any physical releases yet he has contacted me about doing physical releases for the split
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and so we'll see what that looks like um he's he's still talking to i don't know he just put out like a bunch of cassettes for his for his record
2: okay cool i think
1: he wants to do something similar with the split but we're working the details out for that and i'm just letting him handle that because honestly have no idea about cassette culture and have no (laughs) idea about getting cds printed or whatever yeah my my hope for myself is that i can get an ep out eventually and that it'll be good enough to where it'll warrant me needing a vinyl pressing
0: yeah Awesome.
1: And then I can have, like, my first DP on side A, second DP on side B. Yeah. That's like that's my goal, but I don't know if that's necessary or not, and um, we'll see. We'll have to see.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. I, I will definitely, when that happens, or if that happens, I will definitely be uh, picking that up. That's awesome. Nice. Um, it, it, it's interesting, you know, the cassette thing, how that's kind of come back over the last couple yeah. of years. And, and I, I love it, because I've always just like... I never got rid of the cassettes that I had when I was younger, and just have them sitting around. And uh, yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: I... I feel like the worst music fan of all time, though, because I don't... I don't even... I don't have a cassette deck mm-hmm. in my entire house. My car doesn't have one. <laughs> I don't know that I have a way to actually play a CD, even. Yeah. And I got rid of like all of my vinyls because I was moving so much because yeah. I like um, I know we haven't mentioned this but I lived in upstate New York for a while oh okay and so in between in between Texas um, and all the places that I moved around in Texas and then going all the way up to, to yeah. New York and then going to North Carolina and then coming back it was just having like a vinyl collection which is not yeah not working for me you know <laughs> what I mean so I feel like the worst music fan of all time and I'm so out of touch with like cassette culture like like it's happening i didn't know it was
0: happening until recently that's
1: how <laughs> yeah well that's I, think, how far
0: out I am. i think it's just kind of it seems like it's just kind of an extension of of vinyl getting big and like because i i was actually the the church that i was involved with here up until um the last year or two um we were running a you know an all-age diy space
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh you know i you know so i was you know i just saw on my like facebook memories yesterday that like like four or five years ago i ran three shows back to back to back nights yeah which is crazy i i yeah um but uh so i just started noticing that you know because it takes so long for vinyl to get pressed now um you know bands that are out on tour wanted to have something that was like you know a little bit more analog than you know just doing a cd so they started doing yeah. cassettes just because it's quick and cheap so yeah
1: yeah i mean i guess it does make sense practically i think it's i think it blows my mind that that people have cassette decks i think that's what's blowing my mind but apparently they do and
2: that's
0: yeah awesome. yeah i mean i'm sure there's probably plenty of plenty of kids who have you know go to shows and buy tapes and don't actually have ways to play them and just use the download code, but <laughs>
2: that's, uh, true.
0: that's I don't know. I mean I'm not I'm not that old, but I'm in my thirties, so I grew up with cassettes as like yeah. the first
2: yeah
0: like the first music that I had purchased was on cassette. So I always have had kind of kind of nostalgia for that whole thing. So Yeah, totally. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm like just a fan of all physical media in general so um, yeah
1: my my all of my memories with cassettes are cassette are mixtape related yeah you know that that's that's what I think about man I, I've spent so many hours in my bedroom as a kid like making the, the right mixtapes
0: yeah I would I would like pretend I was like you know had a radio show and you know put together mixes for that and uh
1: no way yeah that's awesome did you like have like did you narrate it were you like this
0: I, is I, i'm pretty sure i probably 7,
1: like yeah that's legit. i, love that I so
0: probably much. still have to have some tapes somewhere of me doing that as a child so um but yeah and like yeah that's just kind of it's always just kind of been a, a fascinating thing to me so it's, it was exciting yeah. when i started seeing bands you know bring tapes with you know unpack their merch yeah, and there's totally. cassettes in there so yeah um yeah awesome um so yeah i i definitely if you guys if you and uh within thy wounds or just you release anything especially on a cassette i would uh I, i'd love to to pick that up
1: that's awesome i will uh i'll definitely keep that in mind and i'll let him know too because i know that he's he's talking about
2: doing
1: it and so right i'll i'll do that my my deal is since i since i don't have all of the ways to support in that way. I love to buy like the T shirts. I'm like yeah. big on the the band shirts, you
2: know.
1: Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to get him to make some for himself. <laughs> he won't do it. I had to custom make my own within that Wounds T shirt. <laughs> nice, you know? nice. Yeah.
0: Close well, my mind. It's 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 interesting. I mean, how like I I love Bandcamp and I love all of the the new technology stuff. Uh, now i'm just sounding like an old guy but like you know i i love the convenience i have apple music and i love it but i I still like and i use it all of the time but i still always like want to have some sort of physical repu repu representation of the music that that like i that like goes beyond um
1: whatever i think about like the like making a vinyl right and i and i imagine like putting the art together and then like making a book yeah and then like maybe having like the lyrics in it and then how would that be laid out like all of that stuff sounds dope like that sounds like so <laughs> much fun to put together yeah and and it is fun to own like i get it it's 100 like fun to own man um and I'm, sh- I'm sure as i'm saying this out loud that i will probably end up revisiting that <laughs> in, in the future yeah you know just now is not the time, man.
0: I'm oh checking. yeah, you, it's, you got a you got a tiny person to take care of.
1: I do. Yeah. It's amazing how much those babies eat. I'm just saying. Yeah,
0: and the, you all go through bad. the diapers very very quick. And,
1: yep. Yeah. Yeah, that is the truth. Awesome. I'm gonna tell this girl she's eating all my record money. <laughs> Get a job, yeah. lady.
0: It's it's funny because recently I had a conversation with my fiance and we're like. You know we're not anytime soon are we thinking about having kids after we get married but like you know we're talking about for down the road and yeah. i was like i like i think i saw somebody's record collection on instagram i was like or we could not have kids and i could have this
1: i know but i was just like right before like we had uh we connected i was like looking at uh the price difference between an epiphone sg custom and a gibson sg custom yeah and the the Epiphone one is five seventy nine, and the Gibson one is almost five thousand dollars. And so I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, that's not an option for me anymore. Even if I like had that much money to blow, I'm pretty sure that I wouldn't. I would not yeah. put it there. You know?
0: Yeah, I. You know, same thing for me. I was, you know, I recently got a, I got a Squire Telecaster that I absolutely love. It plays great, yeah. but uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I'd love to have an actual Fender Telecaster, but I can't see myself being willing to spend that much money on the guitar. Yeah, I man,
1: if I'm not leaving my house, if I'm not playing shows and stuff, oh, yeah. then yeah. it's fine. I'll just just get the Epiphone. Nobody will really know any different. No. That's well about
0: it. Yeah. You know? Awesome. Well, especially, you know, you know the style of music you play is meant to be lo fi so you Good know, it's
1: point. like Good nobody's point. spending all that money would be like a bad decision, is what <laughs> you're saying.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm you're like
0: right. a podcaster, financial counselor.
1: Yeah, you know, you're it's... helping me with my uh, with my branding here. I can't get too <laughs> can't get too expensive, or else yeah. no one will believe that I'm truly. Truly black metal.
0: Yeah, man. Well, thank you so much for, you know, for hanging out. This has been really fun. I, I always enjoy when I just, like, get to hang out with somebody I don't really know and do this. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just kind of makes for... I think those are always... It's always, like, the most fun podcast interviews are the people that I know, like, insanely well or the people I don't know at all. and then. <laughs> yes.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I knew that this was going to be fun because I check out all of your the posts that you... You know all of the, like these are the record drills. Oh too. yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm like okay, this guy's listening to Eminem and the Shags and <laughs> August Burns Red. Like this guy is wild. Like I'm gonna see what this is all about.
0: Uh, yeah, well I I decided kind of a while back that uh that, like I you know I just have tons of music in my in my iTunes library. Yeah. And I was just like I want to listen through all through all of the albums that I have collected in my iTunes library. Yeah, so I started was... doing that and then at some point I was like I want to listen through the entire tooth and nail cinematic universe Ooh, <laughs> and so okay. which has gotten rough now that I've gotten to the like the, the like 2010s there's a lot of stuff yeah. that I'm not enjoying nearly as much yeah. um, but and then also uh, I started this more recently and, and this is I'm sure this is common but about every two years I just get super obsessed with Nir- with Nirvana again Okay, yeah, <laughs> and uh, oh, just I was just looking at his like list of you know I saw somebody share the article with which I, I you know I've already seen it in his journals because I've read those but like his top fifty you know favorite albums of all time and that's that's where the Shags album came from oh, okay yeah um so I've just been working my way through that and also just just being like you know like I have the I have the technology and the ability to look up all of these bands you know in the palm of my hands and just like thinking about the collection of music that somebody somebody must have been making him so many tapes um of just this like ridiculous impossibly cool stuff it's crazy to me um and it you know all of it it makes sense as you know as far as like you know what nirvana became and you know I love the quote of him being like, "I we can't decide if we want to be REM or Black Flag. Um, yeah. And so, <laughs> right, it, yeah. It, yeah, that's that's kind of like my taste as well. It's, you know, very all over the map. So, um, it's
1: everywhere, man. I, I think that's like my biggest problem with like music listening right now is what, what I've realized over the last few months is I used to love to be one of those people where I'd be like, these are the best records of like 2020. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'd like get down and like do that whole thing. But then there's so much good stuff coming out yeah. all of the time that, like, I'm still, it's what's it, March 11th? I'm still discovering <laughs> records now that came out last year that would technically be on my best of 2020 lists <laughs> because there's just so much good stuff happening.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm obsessed with the Celestro record that came out recently, okay. and this record by um, Vengeful Spectre, they're a Chinese black metal band and I'll they use like traditional Chinese instruments sometimes that sounds amazing uh, it's so good but they both <laughs> came out last year yeah do you know what I mean I haven't even started on this year yet <laughs> and so I don't know how to do it and I have all of these records and you might you'll understand this when you're a kid and you can only afford to have so many records you know what I mean you play them, and then you develop this like whole relationship. You
0: learn. You learn to love it, even if you don't initially love it. And I. Yeah. And now because I've like decided to like listen to the music the way I do, it's like rare that I go back to stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'm, dude. I, I'm like, I'm super nerdy, and I write down every record I listen to, and yeah, I'm just like. Hey, really. Yeah, I mean, I've i started that a while ago, and I, then I keep tra- you know I keep track of it on the Instagram and then hey, I you should last
1: FM it that's way easier
0: I probably should but I don't know I've got a whole system now so no
1: I guess you're right <laughs> if you got something that works don't mess
0: with it. yeah you. You just heard this "Broken Body" by Day Graves. That's off of their split with "Within Thy Wounds." Make sure you check out that on Bandcamp. Uh, listen to uh, listen to Day Graves stuff. I think it's really really cool, and I've been enjoying it a lot over the last few months. And uh, if you check the show notes, you will also find the link to Medical Morning. Also, very cool. Make sure you check that out. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. I really appreciate uh, every single one of you that listens to the pod. And, you know, I'm coming back with another episode soon. It's a really great one. I don't want to give away too much right here, right now. But just be, you know, keeping an eye out. It's not going to be as long in between episodes as it was last time. I promise. I promise. But yeah, uh, follow me on Instagram, AJ Kramer, at, or, at AJ Kramer, S-I-B-T, uh, S-I-B-T standing for So I've Been Told, like the podcast you're listening to right now. Uh, yeah, I'm just rambling at this point, uh, excited to get this done. It's It's been a long time since I've had this feeling of finishing a podcast. So anyway, thank you. Have a good night, everyone. (laughs) Or morning or afternoon, whenever it is.
2: Ah!